you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. The Around the League podcast is over the projected salary cap. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes, Chris Wessling, Mark Sessler, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. Happy what? Friday. What up? God. Yeah. What a, a week. certain buzz in the air today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wes like channeling a late 80s WWF heel I love it Yeah, I haven't seen Wes this fired up in a long time What is someone, going on? Someone slept in this morning Well, you know, a man whose nickname is close to one of the most evil people in the world Has called <laughs> us out today Oh, that's true Yeah, we have to start there Because where else could you start? I came in this morning uh, to tape the podcast And there was you know, there was a little buzz in the air between the two scientists, as you call the Mark, <laughs> scientist on scientist heat, yeah. between uh, Wes and Greg. But then it was quickly pushed to the side by some legitimate, legitimate NFL star heat towards the free star might be a stretch. <laughs> oh, wow. I think he's, he's a two-time Pro Bowler, isn't he? All right. All right. We're referring to Dante Whitner or Dante Hittner. I don't know what, what he's going to go by this year. But Dante Hittner was listed by the two scientists, Greg and Wes, as the number 48 free agency on the top 101, which can be found on NFL.com. Apparently, this didn't sit well with the 49ers' safety. Let us go through some of these tweets, shall we? Please do. do. It. Actually, it started eight hours ago. Eight hours ago, his first tweet. I'm convinced at NFL.com needs better writers. I'm the 48th best free agent available, huh? LOL, which means Mark laugh out loud. It does mean that. <laughs> Hashtag Hitler. <laughs> and then, uh, let's see what else. 
I'm ranked behind right after that. He's on fire now. I'm ranked behind guys that didn't even play in 2014. You guys haven't watched the film and definitely don't know football. Hashtag Hitner. And then, and yes, I have a chip on my shoulder. Hitner, let's pause there. And I'm going to throw to you, gentlemen. Why don't we just get right into it? Why is Dante Hitner in the middle of of the list. Well, first of all, he said defiantly don't know football because definitely is sneakily the hardest word to spell in the English language. It gets <laughs> it's messed not that up. hard. It's easy to spell if you have a you know a grade school education, but people who tweet at me all the time for trash talk, you know how you're an idiot is like the biggest your everybody misspells your, but you you defiantly don't know football is up there on the list of Wait a minute. What right, if he means, on hold on, what if he means that you are, you've been hired to know football and you're <laughs> so defi- defiant that you... Yeah, yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah. But why is he number 48? Because he's an over 30 safety that's he's not, not a, that good in cur- coverage. He's not over 30. What is he at right now? I think he's entering his age 29 season. He came to the league when he was 20, so this is his ninth season. He's built up a lot of hits over the years. I think if we were talking about who we're going to line up and play the 2013 season over again, Whitner would be our our highest guy out of all those guys in that range on safeties. He had a good year, but I think Greg's point is when you spend a lot of money on a free agent, you have to kind of project a lot going forward. Two or three years down the road, are you still going to be paying a lot of money to a guy who might be done? Is he going to be a priority for the 49ers? I don't think so. I don't. I think they believe he can be replaced pretty easily. It, are they going to give him a big, long-term contract offer? There's no indications that they're going to. He's a good safety that fits better in the 1980s and 90s style of play where you wanted that big hitter. He's not as good, good in coverage. He's solid. You had him ranked about 40th. I had him ranked a little lower, so he ended up in our top 50. I just think that's the role of that he is. He's a solid starter in the middle of his career. Okay, so Greg says that Dante Whitner is a man of <laughs> another time. So now let's move on <laughs> deeper into the timeline, getting closer to uh, the mid-afternoon Friday. Greg points out this is what Whitner's upset about and links out to the list. Then here comes Hitner again at Greg Rosenthal. I'm not upset at the list. I'm upset at the fact that NFL.com hired you. <laughs> Bunsen burner blowtorch on the scientist. Him and a lot of other people. Bring it. We, Very we, good gold standard. We we asked him. We asked Dante to come on the podcast right then. It was right before we walked up here, and uh, he didn't want to do yeah. it. Yeah, and Greg, you uh, to your credit, you asked him immediately. Hey, listen, you know, Let's bring it, bring it. You want to come on the podcast and talk? He says, "How can I talk football with someone that obviously doesn't know football?" Blowtorch. Isn't what? he not looking at this list the way that you guys did in terms of if you're a general manager, you want to go out and re-sign someone? It's not just top 100 best to worst players. How old are they? Where are they in career? If we have to sign them to a four-year deal, where are they at the end of that deal? That's why he is where he is. He's not looking at it as a general manager was, would look at it. I, I guess he's talking about Henry Melton when he's talking about guys who didn't even play last year. Henry Melton, a few years younger than Whitner, plays a much more valuable NFL position as far as what kind of money gets spent. And general managers, I would think, would spend more money on Henry Melton than Dante Whitner. And they've shown that. He's been trying to get this big long-term deal for most of his career. He asked out of Buffalo basically because of it. Uh, He was franchised a few times. And the money just doesn't go out there for 
these kind of safeties. I think top 50 is good. I mean, he's around guys like Anquan Bolden, Edelman, McFadden, Roger Saffold. These are all starters, guys that you're going to put in your lineup and they're going to start. I like Malcolm Jenkins a little more in this day and age in the NFL. I think he can cover some people. You put Whitner in the slot, he's going to be a problem. I mean, a lot of a lot of Bills and 49ers fans came to uh, ATL's defense. and To the point, though, are we to be surmised from this that while he's very disenfranchised with the work that Wes and Greg... <laughs> and then specifically Greg right, personally. Greg I know. Space. Why did he go to me, not Wes? But on the flip side, obviously content with the product that Dan and I produce. You didn't see any, any insults no. come our way. He was very you know specific. And we're going to get... You know, we're going to get into more of the uh, the scientist top 101. But I just want, before we get going with the podcast, in earnest, I want one more issue that I got got tweeted at us yesterday. And this also goes to Wes and Greg. Stephanie um, from somewhere tweeted, this is so messed up about the list. You guys didn't even list Tim, Tim Tebow when you know he is good <laughs> enough to be on that list. Total discrimination. What, against quarterbacks that can't throw? Wait, what does Stephanie from somewhere mean? What? That's her. That's how she goes around. I think all I can say to that is guilty as charged. <laughs> all right, so we got a we got a big show. We just had to get off, had to get into that immediately because it was you know legitimate heat it. right there. I love it. People were coming across the newsroom like, oh, watch out, Whitner's. This is great. If every player is reading NFL.com and around the league and having want to discuss our ratings. Let's do it. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, big show, big Friday show. We're going to do um, everyone's, not favorite game, everybody's favorite game is, it's pretty fairly known, unless you're Greg, it's Win West's Toaster. However, America's second favorite game, it just moved past Jeopardy, is uh, What's More Likely, as you know. Mm. Did you bring Wink Tie? Did I bring Wink Tie? Wink Tie. Aren't you Wink today? Yeah, but I don't, I'm not comfortable with that name, Wink Tie. You said you were going to wear on. a Wink Tie. Yeah, but we, you know, wink tie. That does fit you. All right, you want me to go by wink tie? I could do it. No, not really. Just be wink. <laughs> um, the gold standard behind the glass. We're working on some audio behind the glass about for that game. We get excited for that. Um, we're also going to do some mailbag questions. We got some some tweets from uh, the Twitterverse toward the ATL crew. But why don't we start the gold standard? How are you, buddy? Doing great, thanks. Um, with the news. All right, and we'll start with a uh, pretty big story. The salary cap is expected to make a nearly $10 million jump in 2014. Uh, Albert Breer reported Thursday that the cap is expected to be set at $133 million, according to union and team sources. That could become official as soon as Friday. Um, obviously, that is the biggest jump in some time. What are we to make of this? It's overdue. There hasn't. There used to be a big jump every year, and that's why people make more money every year. And it's not that hard to fit under the salary cap. And the last four or five years have been tougher uh, for the players and the teams because the salaries haven't been rising. And it's good. Everyone can just spend some money. We don't have to hear about salary cap. Who I can cares? see Gettleman in his office with like his record player turned up high, doing like pirouettes around the room. <laughs> just, He's got some cash. He just slid three more beads over on his abacus. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, Breer actually made note of it on Twitter yesterday. You know, we heard a lot when the salary cap wasn't moving in the last couple of years that this was a sign and that the um, the NFL had really killed the players' union in the CBA. 
But as Breer noted, all the money from these TV deals um, is going to really lead to the cap jumping uh, higher and higher as we get uh, through the rest of this decade. So now the players are about to get into really good position to really start cleaning up. It's, yeah, it's, but that's after it, five years of not doing anything out of nowhere, so it's overdue. Well, in those five years, quarterback salaries kept getting higher and higher, and all the other positions were not going up. When did it become such a thing that we're all so interested in cap numbers and salaries? There was like a change in, like, if you're a fan now, you have to know about dead money on the cap. I think it's because that's why some of your favorite players are getting chopped before their careers are done. It is weird, though. Decisions. I, there was a change 20 years ago. People really started getting into the contracts of everything. Oh, guaranteed money. I'm not saying we aren't, but we're working in the industry. It seems bizarre to me that fans have to care so much. 20 about years ago. Maybe 10, 15. 1994, when free agency started. Mm. There, yeah, there was a time where I remember talking to an old boss that used to be a sports editor told me that having an NFL beat was the best beat to have because it was a three to four month season with you know training camp and then it was like you know kick back your feet for a few months after the season ends that is obviously not the case it's still the best at a certain point though at a certain point there's too much news of money there's too much here's what he's going to make in year one two three four who cares when you're seeing all these reports about people restructuring their contract shut up those are the most pointless it's just accounting. It's Weren't not you news. ever a child sifting through the newspaper for uh, Plan B free agents? I remember <laughs> doing that. It was such a huge deal. Like, yeah. who's been put on the Plan B list? <laughs> Moving on. Dennis Pitta and the Baltimore Ravens agreed to a five-year contract worth roughly $32 million, a Ravens source told uh, Burt Breer. Uh, this locks up uh, one of Joe Flacco's favorite targets. Uh, of course, Pittam missed most of last year with a hip injury, but the guy can play, and now he's staying in Baltimore. I think my fellow scientists, Greg and I, had the same <laughs> reaction immediately to this. It now means that Eugene Monroe will probably get the franchise tag. Ozzie Newsom's plan coming together keeps his two highest priorities as they rebuild that offense or overhaul the offense in which so far they haven't done much work behind, beyond keeping their own guys. But I think they want to definitely tweak the offense. They missed Pitta a ton last year, so they had to keep him. And I think they have to give that tag. It's 11.5 for Monroe. Maybe eventually you get a long-term deal done, but they can't let him walk away. He's the best tackle out there. And it's a big victory for Pitta because I remember when he, got, when he got injured late in the summer, it was – if he doesn't play all year, he's entering this contract situation where his value could plummet. But he came back. He obviously, is, it's a bad news though. If you part of the Dallas Clark family, the lights are low in that house. You're just living it's by been a candle good run for Dallas. Money. Dallas Clark being in the NFL no, last year was Dallas the ultimate Clark charity is, case. That was a struggle to watch. The the Ravens. It got overlooked maybe how truly awful their offense was. I mean, they were at the Jaguars level. They were at the Raiders with Matt McGloin type of level. That's how bad they were last year. And that's, I mean, that's going to be one of those things you have to watch for. If they if they run out that same offense again two years in a row, then you start wondering about their you, future. They, still need a, and they can't just rely on Pitta. They need a wide receiver for sure. Uh, the Eagles, of course, signed uh, Jason Peters to a huge extension. Uh, their left tackle on Wednesday. And now on Thursday, it became official that uh, Jason Kelsey and Riley Cooper were also locked up to new deals. A deal with Jeremy Macklin is said to be not far behind. The Eagles obviously like their core, and they're locking them up. They were, what, second behind the Broncos in offense last year? And this comes on the heels of locking up Jason Peters. So they have their core locked up. 
they're still talking to Macklin. I think it looks like the Eagles want multi-years. Macklin wants only one year, so he can go back into free agency again next year. But he wasn't a big part of the offense last year anyway. This this offense is locked up. They can concentrate on rebuilding the defense or upgrading the defense. I like these moves. Yeah, the, t- the one takeaway for me is that Kelly at this point is not going to sign or re-sign guys that don't really fit his vision of the kind of team he's going to build. And we talked about Cooper as a guy that might get overpaid and not be a good signing somewhere else, but he does fit what Philly did last year. He he fit like a glove, and I think that it's confirmation that they believe that will continue. You know? And he didn't get paid that much. It sounds good because it's Riley Cooper, and you look at the five years, but really he got paid as a low-level starter, maybe $5 million a year. That's For an NFL veteran, that's not much. You could even not have him in the starting lineup at that salary. I'm impressed that Kelly, it shows that he's a good coach that he comes in and he improved the players that Reed had. He didn't need to find new players. He made them better. And they have that offensive line now locked up through 2016. All five of them. I mean, you talk about continuity is the biggest factor with an offensive line. Those five are set. And 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 quickly found the right players for his type of line, too. It didn't take, you know, the bad team takes you five years to get that done. And two things about Riley Cooper. One, he signed, although he won't see out the contract, surely, five years of $25 million. Any uh, Jet fan knows and remembers that is the exact total, five for 25, <laughs> that Neil O'Donnell signed in, two th- in 1996. Wow. Wow. And that sticks don't, with you. That's a number that sticks with you. Don't hurt yourself stretching for that one. That uh, was, it had to go back <laughs> to the Jets somehow. And uh, that was very, uh, that's very important to get it out there. Also, and on, a, on a note that's... Um, that I found quite humorous. The quote of the day yesterday, Riley, poor Riley Cooper, um, because of his Kenny Chesney ex- exploits, will always be asked these types of questions. He gets asked about the uh, proposed N-word band on, on the field. His exact quote, I think it's a good rule. That's a good move, Riley Cooper, to say that. Yes, it is. I don't know. Moving forward. <laughs> I, th- I was looking for exciting other five-year, $25 million contracts in history since that. Yeah. Really on top of you. Uh, that y- you're a fan of these. Travis Henry once signed a five-year, $25 million contract. One for each kid. <laughs> One million per kid. Wow. That's Damashek's contract, if I'm I just not thought, mistaken. I just thought you'd be interested in that. I, like I thought that. I was thinking there was some really famous baseball one. Yeah, there is. We just can't on. think of it. <laughs> I think Danny Tartable signed a five-year, $25 million contract with the Yankees. John Carlson once signed a five-year, $25 million contract Two with, years ago. with the Vikings. Yikes. That's all. That's yeah. all we got. And the show your has been brought to its knees. <laughs> and it's all my fault. Uh, finally, uh, Adam Schefter reports, uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter reports that the Saints will use their franchise tag on tight end Jimmy Graham before Monday's deadline per league source. I guess that's not a huge surprise. The real question is, will the NFL, who decides these things, tag him as a wide receiver or a tight end? He's a tight end. Well, this the Saints really nonsense. decide on it. They'll tag him as a tight end. So the Graham can file a grievance, and Ian Rappaport has indicated he will. But there's no doubt Saints are calling him a tight end. You know what tight ends do? Sometimes they line up on the line. Sometimes they line up in the slot. Sometimes they line up out wide. That's a tight end. There's an unnamed talking head that I heard yesterday uh, explain his reasoning why uh, Jimmy Graham should be a tight end. He goes to the tight end meetings. He's a tight end. (laughs) I won't say who it was. Um, All right, and that's it for the news. Before we get on to the top 101 free agents and uh, 
everyone's second favorite game. I wanted to get – there's a ATL mailbag up on the Around the League podcast that I wrote uh, where I got a bunch of questions from readers. However, not all of the questions were – uh, geared toward the NFL. Some are geared specifically toward the ATL podcast. So I just wanted to get a couple of them out there. Um, Dan's often talked we don't promote his work enough on the podcast, and now he's just taking <laughs> so he'll promote it. the bull by the horns <laughs> and just creating a segment out of his post. I love it. All right, here we go. Uh, at NFL ATL, this is from Hulk Caesar Savage. Oh, no, I think it's Hulk C- Cesar Savage, like Julio Cesar Chavez? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's pretty good. Way to pick that out. At Hulk Caesar. Cesar. Uh, if the apocalypse started during a podcast, who amongst you would be made emergency leader? Hashtag ATL mailbag. That's a good question. I like to think of it if we split up, it would be one of those things, uh, you know, divided we fall. I think we would all die immediately. But if we stuck together and we, we came together like an interlocking puzzle, we would survive. Yeah, I don't know if it's that Zach would, would be. Dead. What is the question yeah. really asking? I don't understand it. In a it's like Lord of the Flies type situation, who's got the conch? Who would have the conch? I'm conch? not sure. It's a time conch. that we would be, uh, you know, putting together org charts. <laughs> I think we need to work as a team and not worry well, about one person well, being the leader. I think the bigger question is what is happening if we all just go down in this apocalypse. But somehow the rest of the NFL media group survives. Who's taking over? Patrick has his own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what what happens? It would get, I think they'd reassess many things. Heavy. They'd reassess a lot. It'd be taking place in bars a lot. And Gold Standard, the reason I think that you would die is because we would find out that there was an ap- apocalypse going on because I could see walkers storming through the door, killing you behind the glass. And then right. we would immediately need to start figuring out a plan. Sure. No, point taken. Thank you. Thank you for killing me. <laughs> Thank you for killing me. Well, what, what was that movie where they're all on the on the mountain? You know what I'm saying? All all I know is I'm happy because forward. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm happy because if if worse comes to worse and we have to eat one of one of us to survive, I'm the last one you guys want to eat. You know what I'm saying? That's that's fair. That's fair. That so I'm surviving that alive. Disturbing? Was well, that was that movie? I Dan believe. would start. Alive. Dan would be biting into my calves. Right. Oh, up there. They're so succulent. <laughs> I would think because of the org chart, we would probably go based on the org chart of the company, and Greg would be the leader. How long until he's overthrown? But I'm saying, like, would Greg be able to hold on to the leadership is the question. I think that's what the question is about. Right. Right. Well, I don't think in a rugged scenario where we're survivalists that I'm, frankly, the best (laughs) choice for a leader. I'm happy to follow one of you guys. I feel like... there was, like, a tennis tournament. We would be we'd be comfortable <laughs> with you leading. The I line. feel like Wes or Dan would be more of the maybe the rugged, uh, you know, outdoor. Uh, Possibly, here. But, I can't fix anything. But I'm going to go that. with well, the underdog. Mark Sessler mm. is a minimalist. Yes, he is. He could teach us how to live off, you know, the land or or whatever mm. we needed that's to live like, off of. Mark, that's could, a fair. I point. actually spent years uh, as a camp counselor learning how to build. He would all be sorts like, of fires in rainstorms. Sessler is the answer, I think. He would be like Locke in Lost. Yes. He was our lock. In fact, I could see Sessler burying a dagger into Rosenthal's back. But it's good to, to see ownership. that my boss picked the other two people in the room and not me. <laughs> so I'll file that away. All right, moving on. Uh, this is from Blades Rock. Richie loves K. Weird. Um, <laughs> do you deliberately pick contestants with the least amount of NFL knowledge to maintain mythical status of Wes's toaster? It's a fair question. We'll let the gold standard answer yeah, this one. Go ahead. Look. 
I can't account for butterflies on stage, so to speak. We went through a rigorous casting process. Nothing came out of it. Uh, but no, next month we're taking you down, Wes. Sounded like a long yes to me. I've been, <laughs> been wondering about this whole operation for a while, and I think this question is on to something. I can vouch for Gold Standard's integrity. I think he got some really bad luck. Um, as much as we were happy to have our two listeners call in, and it was great for them to be a part of the show, it did not uh, bode well for people buying into the Gold Standard as the arbiter of fairness. But he's going to get another shot next month. Appreciate that. I yeah. would like to know what the young man from Sask- Saskatoon ingested before he came on the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, Andrew, uh, this, is a, this is a great Twitter handle, at Chewbacca's Beard. Uh, at ATL, do you think you could goad at Chris Wessling into saying he'll eat pants if the Raiders go 8-8? Eight and eight? Of course, they needed to get to six last year. First things first, it. isn't Chewbacca's whole body a beard? Well, yeah, I, it, it, I think it it's is, supposed to be sublimely ridiculous. There's no ridiculous. area that's not a beard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I am not making any softball pants statements until after the free agency and draft process plays out. That's certainly fair. And uh, finally, Andrew... Uh, who is at Tic Tac underscore, underscore fate at NFL ATL. Why are the Falcons ass? <laughs> as funny as that sounds, it reads even better if you just look at the Twitter, the tweet that's on uh, Dan's mailbag. I suggest everyone go to it. But it's a, it's a fair question. So I think this is better answered in print and we can direct you toward the off-season forecast. No, of the I want to know. Why good... do you guys think the Falcons are ass? Why did they have a bad year? <laughs> Julio Jones got injured. No, Their not offense... why they had a bad year. Why are they ass? Julio Jones got injured. Their offensive line wasn't built well. And their defense doesn't have any playmakers. And they believe themselves to be still a player away from being 13-3 and three, when I think they're probably closer to 16 players away from that being the case right now. Whoa. Ooh. Some Dante Whitner level heat yeah. there. Jeez. I can't believe you do that to our favorite general manager. He is my favorite guy. I love the guy, but it's let's deal in facts. They don't have a lot other than... Matt Ryan and you don't the have two wide receivers. Your two lines a are a disaster. Really, what is so great about that team? They drafted a couple young cornerbacks that sound good. There's That's nothing so great about that team. I think it goes back to MC Hammer. Tic Tac underscore. I'm fate. thinking more big picture. Nailed the Falcons. It. I feel like I can live with less than six Atlanta Falcons primetime games next year. Oh so it's, God. it's no not more. all bad. Nobody Wait, you don't want? Can we dial up Geno Smith versus the Falcons again on like the saddest Monday night great, of all time? That's that was a great game. game, though. Nobody wants uh, to watch a game in that mix. mausoleum they play in anyway. <laughs> um, the, the the gold standard behind the glass. I think it's time. Live from Culver City, California, it's America's favorite game show. What's more likely? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that makes me. Rem- that reminds me of like staying home from school, sick one day, and watching like back to back to back to back game shows. And maybe yes. the listener is asking the same question Mark asked before the show when we first heard that, and he said, "Who was that?" And uh, it was none other than the Gold Standard. What a job! I thought it was Rod Roddy. How dynamic <laughs> is that guy back there? It's outrageous. Dan's feeling some heat with this. Hit cheesy uh, game show host voice. I think I have a real challenger. Uh, going back to what you were saying, Mark, the the two shows that I remember watching back to back specifically on sick days was Family Feud, uh, Ray Combs era, rest in peace, 
and then right into the Price is Right with uh, Bob Barker. But you knew when, like, Charlie's Angels faded into MASH that it was over. You had to go back to school the next day. <laughs> What's a sick day? <laughs> <laughs> you never miss school? No, we weren't allowed. To. My mom. Well, quote, you had like 700 people. Well, is. yeah, and my mom quote said, I don't care if you have blood coming out of your eyeballs. You're not mm. coming oh, out of I pulled this trigger multiple times. I would stay home for the first mm. round of the tournament, there the NCAA go. tournament. You, yeah, you get to be alone. See, you never had that opportunity. Well, I made that. up for it by skipping like weeks at a time in college. <laughs> so you guys don't know, I'm a game show connoisseur, a professional, because I once worked on the show Most Outrageous Game Show Moments. Four, I believe it was. <laughs> wow. I'm not even joking. And my job. A Nielsen's powerhouse, no doubt. <laughs> I did well. They Dante Whitney feeling very fulfilled at the moment. <laughs> it was actually hosted by Chuck Woolery. Wow. And it was Chuck, taped Chaz. in a mall somewhere two in Orange two. County. And uh, my job was to go into work and watch game shows all day from nine in the morning to six at night and pick out. Find some outrageous moments. For the end well, of the week, we'd have a big meeting, and we'd all watch it. I take it all back. You would now be my choice in a Lord of the Flies situation. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you ever have any uh, like any interface with Chaz Woolery? Yeah, we. I went to when we taped the show and everything. I was like a PA basically, but yeah, good was, guy. Yeah, nice guy. Very. Uh, that sounds like a no to me, but no, no. Uh, <laughs> he he looked just. I mean, he couldn't have been nicer. And I'm, I gotta say, seventies era match game. Pretty rewatchable. You got really tired of a lot of game shows very quickly, watch, watching it all day for two months. Match game, you could keep your uh, entertainment value high. All right, good. So check that out on YouTube. <laughs> Greg, Greg endorses it. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's start. Let's do the first one. What's more likely? All right, gentlemen. What's more likely? Michael Vick signs with the New York Jets or the Houston Texans? Jets, just because free agents usually come down to connections. He has the Marty Morningway connection, and there's already a report that they're interested. I have a hard time arguing that. It seems like what we're reading, tea leaves-wise, he's going to uh, gangrene. Yeah, Vic doesn't seem like a Bill O'Brien. I don't know what a Bill O'Brien quarterback is, but that feels like an odd fit, so I'm going to go Jets. It just seems like such a Jets move. We talked about it in the middle of – October, November last year. Now here it's coming, Dan. It's Get coming excited. down the pike. Uh, moderately, moderately excited. Uh, by the way, the, uh, the scientists uh, set Vic at number 35 overall. Mm. And I'm just going to read the blurb because why not? That accompanies Vic's name. Vic might be entering the stage of his career where he's just good enough to get you beat. Oh, that sounds promising. <laughs> and he's still an upgrade on many starters out there. Is he the first quarterback on this list? He is. Yeah. It's a bad list for There's quarterbacks. nobody even close to him on this list. Vic is number one, and then the argument would be over Matt Castle, Josh McCown, or Josh Freeman as Yikes. number two. Oh, my Disaster. God. What, I, I'm going to throw out a what's more likely. What's more likely? Well, you don't just throw them out. Yeah. We have a new way of doing things around here. Okay. <laughs> and I'm also breaking the rules because there's three options in this. Uh-oh. What's more likely of these three quarterbacks, McCown, Freeman, or Castle, which one is more likely to have a surprisingly good season as a fairly cheap option that gets you nine wins, something like that? What are the options again? McCown. <laughs> yes. Matt Castle. Or Josh Freeman. Sneaky good well, signing. Freeman's out of here. Not a one of those Come is on. getting you nine wins. Uh, and then McCown resigns in Chicago, so let's say unless Jay Cutler goes down, he's not in the mix. I'll go 
Castle in a disaster for Wait, a team, though. Castle, who's still a fairly young guy, once led a Chiefs team or didn't lead him, but he was the quarterback of a Chiefs team that went 11-5, and and he was the quarterback of a Patriots team that also went 11-5. I'll go Castle, but it's like, would you rather eat a bowl of cottage cheese or mayonnaise? <laughs> I love cottage, cottage cheese. cheese. I, I would never eat it in my life. <laughs> I'd buy cottage, cottage cheese. Cottage cheese is to, way better than well, eating a bowl I, of mayonnaise. I, it's disgusting. How would you I, wouldn't eat mayonnaise? I wouldn't touch either product. No, no vegetarian <laughs> likes or dislikes veg, vegetables and dairy products more than Mark. Just <laughs> vegetarians like things. He lives I've on never French fries eaten alone. cottage cheese right. in my life. It's, and insane. I know it's insane. Usually it's like vegetarians are like, oh, I love the earth. I love the taste of these vegetables and I like whatever. Earth. And, and uh, you don't like anything. What, would, like what would your your frame look like without French fries? <laughs> I do not eat French fries that often. I think there's got to be a chance. And olives, excuse me, green olives. That's I love fair. olives. I think there's got to be a chance uh, Matt Castle on the Texans might be I was, decent. I was I just about to say that. I could see them. Drafting Clowney. They still have Watt. They've got some interesting parts there. I could see the Texans having nine Logical. wins. I think we should listen to Dante Whitner just this once. You, use your eyes. Watch the film. If you just watched Matt Castle last year, he was all right. You put him on a good team, he would be all right. Well, I, you're not including the Bengals game, I hope. He had some bad games. He had some good games. What's more likely? What team is more likely to wildly overspend? To middling results, and otherwise, uh, in other words, to pull an Ireland, the Jets, or uh, that would be the Jeff Raiders. Ireland, not the country. We don't no. want to besmirch no. half our listeners. No, dude. not the Republic of Ireland. We're talking about the erstwhile GM of the Dolphins. But who will be more likely to overspend uh, without a lot coming back their way? The Jets or the Raiders or another team, mystery team. <laughs> I love how Mark put this in a piece he wrote today. The Raiders have $65 million to spend. What's more likely? Mm. They spend that money on quality free agents or purchase a low-level metropolis. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've got that kind of cash. I, I go Raiders because, you, you know, the owners come out with quotes basically that said, my GM no longer has any excuses to hide behind, and this is the offseason we've been waiting for. I think that has the makings of we're going to overpay just to bring names in. Where the Jets, they seem focused on building a part of their team, essentially half their team, the offense, that needs to improve. And I think that Idzik isn't a fly-by-night character. Here's my big concern. I think if they get Michael Vick and it's at the right price, that's fine. Whatever. We'll see if that works out. I'm a little nervous that they overspend and get Eric Decker at a disgusting price. Or Julian Edelman. The Raiders have to spend because they don't have any starters. Everyone they signed last year was on a one-year contract. So they basically have to fill in seven, eight, nine starters. It's, their team's going to be a bunch of free agents again. And, that, but that, and the question is, who's going to be last year's Dolphins? We have to the Raiders chunks are. of new players coming in, and does it work or not? That feels like the Raiders. Well, here's the Raiders. some of the options. Mark Sessler wrote a great piece. You guys should check it out. Free agencies, big spenders, pretenders. And surprises. So he broke down who's going to spend a lot, who's not. He left. He listed the Raiders, Browns, Jets, Ravens, Colts, and Redskins as seven teams that could be spending a lot. And I'm going to go with for my answer, the Redskins, because anytime their general manager says something like "We're going to have some room to do some things," that means. The checkbook's open. Dan Snyder's going to be Dan Snyder, and they're going to throw silly money. And they at have twenty of the people. free agents of their own, and a lot of them you would not bring back if you have any sign of a mental capacity to watch football. 
which Greg and I do not, according to Dante Whitner. How about the Browns? <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe they'll be that They team. overpaid last year for some players. Why mm. not do it again? You're not happy with the Desmond Bryant, Paul I like Kruger Bryant. era? I Kruger was vastly overpaid for what we saw. But you have to overpay if you're Cleveland to get players to come in there, right? True. I don't buy that. I, go, I keep hearing that That's everywhere. Yeah. Just I, I money is money. People are going anywhere. If they have, offer half a million more than another team, they're going there. Players don't care. Well, this brings up a conversation Mark and I have with an agent in Indianapolis. Look at that. Name droppers. We mentioned news gatherers. We wanted to know if Derek <laughs> McFadden was going to read Derek McFadden was going to rejoin Hugh Jackson in Cincinnati, and the agent shot it down and said Cincinnati is still one of those places that nobody really wants to go there if there are other options. That's because Wes has been poisoning the well for two years on a podcast. <laughs> that now. came unsolicited. <laughs> it, it did come unsolicited, but it, that's because they don't offer good free agent contracts to other free agents. Often, I, from what the agent was telling us, Hashtag it goes well beyond that. Mm. What's more likely? Speaking of Darren McFadden, what's more likely? A 1,000-yard season from McFadden or Hakeem Nix in 2014? I'll jump in with Nix, no doubt about it. I don't think McFadden could stay healthy enough to get 1,000 yards. Or have a role where he's the guy for a thousand, to get 1,000 well, yards. Well, I, and I, I have to go mm. Nix because I really did think that McFadden was going to go back with Hugh Jackson, who did a great job with him a couple years ago. But Knicks put him in the right offense, and maybe that's a comeback player type candidate right there. Wait, what about McFadden being put in a place that's more suited? That, but to we his just found out and... that the one place he's not going there. I'm not. Which, I'm not sure where he oh, is. Why do we think there's places? only one place? I don't see McFadden as a guy that can play for more than nine games a, a season. I'll vote McFadden on the Reg- Reggie Bush career track. Mm. Goes to a more wide open offense and uh, has a comeback year. It is easier for a running back to get 1,000 yards, but how about Hakeem Nix going down to Carolina? I like that. Where he went to college. He's the number one receiver. Steve Smith, number two. I could see that happening. You get 1,000 yards in that offense, I think. Not. Good question, I don't know about that. Thanks a lot. I just came up with it on the fly. I had to choose one. They run a lot. (laughs) Hakeem Nix ranked number 25 on your guys' list. Darren McFadden can be found 50, at 50, number 49. 49. 49. You, had him a li- there. you had him a little higher, I think, I did. McFadden? I did have him higher. I had him as my number one running back above Ben Tate, I think. I just want NFL really? quasi-stars to keep attacking you guys on social media. That would be great. <laughs> if it happened. Stars. If it happened for <laughs> like two straight months. I thought it was out of bounds, all the Bills fans that went after him and the people sending YouTube highlights of him giving yeah, up touchdowns what, in the fans. Super Bowl to Anquan Bolden. That was some 49ers fans called him Wiffner. We would never do that. What's more likely? Dante Whitner reconsiders the free agency 101 list and is cool with being number 48, or <laughs> Dante Whitner spears Greg Rosenthal into a wheelchair. Oh, yeah, definitely uh, the, the latter. latter. Yeah, the yeah. latter. I mean, that's a pretty heavy thing to do to Greg somebody. Greg is taking the high road here, and I appreciate that. Uh, but if This they is were, the high road? Well, no, I think you're saying, I can take it, I'm going to come back at you, I'm going to keep to my opinion. But if you two were in the same 10-by-10 uh, 10 10 room or something, I don't like your chances of coming out not bloodied, not beaten up, at least not with his point made very strongly. Oh, I think he'd... Uh... I think he'd enjoy our company. We're a regular group of guys, and we'd come to no, an no, agreement that you. everyone can 
Hey, look, he, he wouldn't. We wouldn't be in the room. He didn't say writer. He said writers. He was <laughs> throwing <laughs> Wes under the bus too. Yeah, but it very quickly it focused on one individual. Wes, Wes why, yeah, wisely faded into the ether on this. You know, I don't care what players say. I would. I would explain to him look, unless it's Steve Smith. Look, you're great, Dante. Um, I don't know if you've watched the tape of Anthony Collins's six starts over his entire career in Cincinnati, but uh, he looked pretty good, and that's why he's 47. You're 48. And Dante's okay. That makes sense. I, I love that Dante Whitner, you know, brought the heat uh, today. But I will say it's a little disappointing that it it shielded us or kind of deflected attention away from the legitimate heat, the Bunsen burner heat, Bunsen burner blowtorch heat. Thank you, Gold Standard. Between Greg and Wes, the, and this is not manufactured. It was happening during the podcast on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It was happening. You missed it, Mark. Yesterday in the office, they were just sniping at each other <laughs> like two little true. chihuahuas. <laughs> and then according to you, Mark, they were going at it again today. Yeah, it's a shame because just weeks ago, I felt, I know you did, Dan, as well, yes. that, the, that we were a unified group. There was a lot that we could look towards each other and appreciate our gifts uh, even our foibles, and now it's just <laughs> become so whatever that word is. It's become no, you got it. so ugly. Yeah. It's really it's not. It's hard to come to work right now. It, it used to be fun coming to the office, but now there's kind of like a cringe uh, worthy feeling when I sit in my chair because I don't know when these guys are going to go off on each other. Right. <laughs> Unpredictable. Two scientists, scientist on scientist crime. Yeah. There was a big disagreement about Zane Beatles. West didn't even mention him in his. Then he suddenly wanted to raise him 20 points, well, 20 I spots see in the all, There are no like great guards on the market this year. Everybody's mediocre. But there are a lot of teams looking for guards. The Giants, in particular, have Don't come out. Don't steer this legitimate. away from – come on, And this guys. is what we're talking about, legitimate guard heat. Like, who else is doing this? These two <laughs> guys talking? getting after each other like, oh, how could Zane Beatles be down that far? Like, what? What are we talking about here? <laughs> There was a big disagreement over whether Kenny Britt or Ted Ginn uh, should be number 101 on the. And I learned a lot about Wes here. I learned how he's changed as an NFL analyst. <laughs> he basically Ow. wanted Britt to be number one, 101 on the list because I don't know if he really bought it, but it just had more sizzle. It was more exciting that this guy, Britt. Wait, I keep hearing from Wes. Wes is mentioning quotes, <laughs> is throwing that the me under remix? the bus. He says that you keep throwing him under the bus <laughs> no, repeatedly. That's, that's true. <laughs> well, in fact, he has every time there's a disagreement over a player, he misrepresents where I put them. I put them in the place that we would agree on, and he actually, he actually had them 20 spots later. Wait, this is what we're dealing with all day long. <laughs> but the Kenny Britt thing, let me explain. It comes down to what you need. If you need a kick returner and a guy who can, you know, do a a trick play guy Situa- that could get arrested at a car wash in Hoboken threat, that's Ted Ginn <laughs> if you want a guy you're hoping can eventually step in and be a number two receiver has the potential to be even more of that a reclamation project you're going after Kenny Britt so it depends on what you're looking for there you would need a lot of things to break right I feel for, for Kenny Britt to do that I agree but there are players like that in the past who have had you a lot said, of things you right. said Ted Ginn was the best receiver on the Panthers at one point last year which and is, he's a good return which is man. why we're now talking about Steve Smith saying his career is in jeopardy <sighs> mm. that said I more about how this. bad the Just Panthers I don't know why in. there was so many more disagreements over the bottom of the list if it wasn't for West, Brian De La Puente would have been 30 spots higher <laughs> I'm actually glad that you basically buried him if some player has to have a problem with West, it's it's De La Puente well, and his owner, because you have you have basically turned him into a bottom feeder over you, the last few days. <laughs> I asked you to tell me what the difference was between Brian De La Puente and Evan Dietrich Smith, and you couldn't. 
Well, he's got one extra little part of his name, De La Puente, <laughs> and then Dietrich Smith. But other than that, in the laboratory you had Dietrich Smith like out of your list, but De La Puente in the 30s. I this thought is that like was when a little you go out incongruent. To dinner with a couple that starts just descending into an argument that you're like, just check, yeah. please, and a gun, please. <laughs> Stay together. That's how our list Wow, wow, it says, look, can we get back to this Golden Tate thing? I, this mm. has really been eating away at me. We still have him too low. We have him in. We have him below Anquan Bolden. <laughs> He's 45 on the list. All right, let's All right, throw guys. it to you guys. Golden Tate's 45 let me, on the list. That's usually when we end the podcast. Let me so make we can my start case here first. Make your case. Golden Tate, guess who was number one in the NFL in uh, yards after the catch per reception? It yeah. wasn't Demarius Thomas. It wasn't Kendall Wright. It wasn't Antonio Brown. I'm going to make a guess. It was Golden Tate. Guess who was number one in the NFL and missed tackles for wide receivers? Golden Tate. Golden Tate. Guess who was number one in the NFL in punt return efficiency? Efficiency. Greg, Greg Little. Golden Tate. What? Then why? What team knows Golden Tate the best? The Seahawks. Why are they not making him a priority? Because they, they have a lot strapped. of other priorities too. Oh, stop! They don't have a lot of cap. He'll be back. They with can the make choices. He'll be back with the Seahawks. You just hate to see it. Yeah, right, don't guys. try to lure us into it, Dan. Let's Why stay up it, on the high Every ground, time guys. the Seahawks talk about who is valuable and who they want back, Golden Tate is the top yeah, of the list. Yeah, and they don't do anything about it. Eight catches for 61 yards in three playoff games combined. They ran the ball. I'm not saying he's not a useful guy. That's why he's in the By top the way, 50. I think we know where Gold Standard stands on your points, Greg, because you didn't get the blowtorch after that playoff stat. I think you deserved your own blowtorch there. Sorry, sorry about that. You're framing them in a very... Nice, genteel way. It's I am. Everything that everybody thinks Julian Edelman is, Golden Tate's better in all those areas. Listen to these mm. shots. And, <laughs> and, not, and not by a little bit. He's a lot better in all those areas. Is he a better return man? Yes. No. no. He had more yards, better average, and a better efficiency rating last year on punt returns. What but, happened to the sound effect of the beakers breaking? I like that. What are... And what happened to Zane Beatles? Let's get back to that. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to have to take it offline, the, the rest of this discussion, but I'm sure it will continue as uh, we roll closer and closer to free agency. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. We will have an in-studio guest, our NFL media insider, Ian Rappaport, will make his ATL podcast debut. We're going to talk free agency with Ian, and amongst other things. Uh, until then, this is Dan Hanson signing off for The Mailman. The boss, the sizzler, and the gold standard behind the glass. Until Monday. I'm a hot handyman. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody. 
and every body. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.